Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of Midweek Mind Candy. We are glad that you joined us today. We hope that you sit back, relax, and leave inspired and intrigued by how the word we're going to talk about today fits into your life. How do you own it? How do you see it? How do you model it? Won't it be fun to find out? My name is Stacy Johnson. I'm honored to be here with you. And today I have a, a wonderful guest that I'm going to bring into this conversation from the very start. So ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce again to you our returning guest, Mr. Robert Bob Saul. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Wow, you're welcome. I'm glad you came. So you were kind enough to be a guest with us on our Uncaked Heroes podcast, and we invited you to come back and join this for this one. What intrigued you about this conversation? Well, I think the idea to uh, present, obviously have a conversation, but you present your ideas sort of given a word that you just have to be presented with um, and see how it makes sense. That's, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's easy to prepare comments and it's difficult to use your experience right off the cuff. Uh, and I enjoy that challenge. I love it. That, thank you for taking the challenge. It's really fun for us to kind of find out where people sit and stand. And, you know, I think for me the ability to have these conversations is um, medicine. Right. If you look at the world right now and, and the things going on in our society, what one of the things we're missing is that ability to safely communicate with each other. Right? Everybody's a little froggy and a little ready to – they're asking for permission. Can I say this? Can I feel this way? Can I believe this? Can I stand here? And we've got to get past that and make communication safe again. It, it's okay to see things from different perspectives. It doesn't make either one of us wrong. It's the lens with which you see the world, right? Absolutely. And, you know, you have, to take, you have to take things out of the quotient, like, like bringing harm and all that. So that has nothing to do with it. All that drama is out there. But just to be able to have a conversation and not feel judged or threatened or like you've like you got to be in this box to have it, I think we need that freedom again. And I think this gives us that freedom to have those kind of open conversations. How do you see that in our communication oh, uh, right now? Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it's interesting. I've just recently sent out a blog post about um, communication in terms of reaction to various situations in one lives, one's life, and I commented that you know, one needs to take a pause, assess, mm-hmm. and choose. So this is, the, this is my opportunity to, uh, to adhere to what I'm saying people should do. So it's as you all of a sudden say, this is your word, it's my opportunity to pause, assess, and choose a response that seems to be reasonable. Awesome. Well, then let's get this talk underway. Today we're going to talk about awareness. Okay. So when you hear awareness, what's your first thought? Um, when I hear the word awareness, it, 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 to me it's a couple things. As a professional, as a pediatrician, my awareness was that I needed to be completely open to everything that was happening in the life of the child and the family, that I needed to have a broad awareness for the circumstances that brought families to the office and about what continued bringing them to the office. For example, just because Johnny came in with a fever, I need to have an awareness of the situation 
of Johnny, awareness of what this, how things play out in the exam room, but also how the family can process that information and an awareness of how the family can use that information once they leave the office. So my job was not simply to see uh, Johnny diagnose something with the fever and then say goodbye. My job was to have an awareness of the total situation. Fortunately for me, that has spilled over into my personal life too. I think I've done better um, with that, having an awareness of situations, situations around me. But I'll be honest, that's something that's taken decades or maybe even my lifetime to get better at. Mm. I love that. So why do you think, where was that struggle for you? Why do you think it, it, it took, you think you shouldn't, you could, I don't even know how to phrase that question. Um, let me think about that and I'm going to come back to it. For me, I think awareness is, here's my challenge. Every time we do one of these words, it's easy for me to take the outward physical approach to the word awareness, right? Awareness for me in that respect is what's around me. What's my situation? What's my environment like? Am I aware of all the things, right? Am I aware when I'm driving? Am I aware when I'm out in public? Am I aware when I'm in a situation of, of what I leave behind in a room, okay? Right. And it's easy for me to do that. So my challenge is to take these words and turn them inside. What is awareness about for me inside? So my challenge every day when I get up is to say, all right, Lord, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of information out there. And I don't always get to choose what I see or hear, but I do get to choose what I give any energy to. So show me what I should be aware of, right? And it's, right. maybe it's information. Maybe it's knowledge. Maybe it's someone's need for my time, right? Maybe it's being aware that nobody in line in front of me has been nice to the lady the Dollar General, so I have an opportunity to change that moment for her. I agree. The other thing, I, if you take flip that a little bit on its head, which we can do, is what I'm concerned about is what I'm unaware of. Uh, and in terms of, you know, in, again, professionally, as I've learned uh, and seen uh, children and families with mental health, and we all, we all have dealt with those things, if not personally, within our families and with our, within our friends, folks that have had such a struggle in their mental health journey that have ended their lives. Why was I, why was I unaware of that? Um, so that's made me try to be more aware of what's uh, not necessarily bubbling up on the surface, but what I need to help look at with, with folks so I can be a more benefit in their lives. Mm, beautiful. You know, I, I spent about 12 years in the behavioral health field as a family services specialist in adolescent and adult behavioral health and substance abuse. So I had an addicted teenager. You know, and we walked through recovery on... Um, before she was 21, and so it, it, it taught me a level of awareness that I never really knew I was going to need, right? And, right? But what I learned along the way in that is that, that I had been taken to a place where I was acquiring knowledge and information I needed for a situation that was coming that I had no idea was coming. But by the time it got there, it took a moment, like you said, for me to be aware that I knew, right, that I was prepared for that. So, yeah, I, I love the fact that you see that with your patients, right? There's, there's so much more. We had an opportunity to work with a child, psycho with a child psychiatrist, and, 
so many times parents would come in and they, they just thought their immediate need was medication. And he was very aware of let's back up, right? And he would start at your office. He, the first place they went was to the pediatrician. And let's check this baby out medically, right? Is if it's an eight-year-old, is it fatty liver disease? Or is, there, is there something metabolically that's happening that's causing this behavior before we just medicate these children? And so I, I appreciate very much your position as a pediatrician and that awareness to see the whole picture. Yeah, the other thing is, is in, in society, we've, we've tried to separate uh, physical mm-hmm. and mental. Like you said, sometimes right. people say, we'll get the child checked out medically. No, 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 no. It's, it's all together. I mean, so yeah. what, even if it is a medical condition, how one deals with it individually or within a family ha- has a mental framework too. So to try to separate the two and say, well, that's not a physical problem. That's obviously in your head. It does no justice to the to the patient and the family and does an injustice to what we are supposed to be doing to help them. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And recovery of any, I mean, we, you, you say the word recovery and people immediately think of drugs and alcohol, right? Substance abuse recovery. Right. And it's true that a huge population, but we recover from so many things. So many things. And then that path to recovery is the same, right? You have to see the whole picture. Illness, addiction, those things are not an individual issue. That's a family issue. That's a, it, they say one addicted individual affects an average of 27 other lives. It's not an individual problem. There's a picture to see. Right. And another example I had is, is, in terms of awareness, as a, as a professional, sometimes I've been in the office. I remember one night, it was a busy night in the winter. I was seeing. I was there in the office by myself. I think I had 30 patients to see. Everyone had fever. Everyone had runny nose. And everyone wanted to make sure their child had not a bad pneumonia or ear infection or throat infection. So I was trying to zip along through the patients, but doing it in a, in a precise way. I remember seeing one family where the mother was just sort of sitting there on the chair in the exam room, and I was talking to her, examining the child. She seemed to be so withdrawn. And I was saying to myself, inappropriately, but saying to myself, oh, this isn't going to go well. I'm going to tell her what's happening. And she's just it's just going to go in one ear and out the other, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I finished, told her what I thought was going on, asked her if she had any questions. She asked the most insightful questions that I'd heard for about a month. So obviously here I was prejudging, judging a book by its cover, unaware of what was going on underneath. So I got a severe comeuppance, uh, and I'm not uh, I'm not uh, about saying I get similar comeuppances on a regular basis now. I still have to r- make sure I'm aware of what I'm doing and how I'm processing information. Mm, amen. I love that. What a great story. It, it, we, have, we all have so many instances in our life, right? Like we, I was having a conversation with a gentleman yesterday, and he said, you know, we say a prayer or we make a request to our higher power, and then we wait for this epiphany, right, at wisdom or knowledge or this glowing neon sign of aha, and we miss the butterfly. 
my, we missed we missed the song. We missed that moment when we were getting answered. We weren't we weren't looking for that. We weren't aware, right? We had an expectation, and I think sometimes expectation and tunnel vision eliminates your awareness. Oh yeah, and our our biases, uh, you know, yeah. put up put up those barriers. Uh, I was recently asked, well, not recently, but last two or three years ago, when I retired, sort of what are the takeaways from, you know, a 45-year career in pediatrics and medical genetics and just in medicine? Um, and one of the five, I said, was leave your biases at the door because, you know, you're going to, you're, you need to go in with a fresh idea every time because you're going to say, oh, this is that patient that, says those crazy things or this is that patient that does this or this is that patient that always says this but it's never that um and so i've really learned to watch out for my blind spots my biases and how they're going to affect me because then I'm, like you said i'm going to miss uh, what's going on around me mm-hmm. absolutely i love it do you think that awareness is a learned Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, there may be some innate intrinsic awareness, but the awareness that I'm talking about in terms of the ability to um, detect what's happening uh, in the lives of people and to try to be more impactful in in that interaction professionally and personally is a learned skill, and you never stop learning it. Right. Oh, I totally agree. Okay, in the in the practice that you have, in the in the program that you that you run for people, a, I want to make sure that we leave some contact information. But how much of how much awareness is how much is awareness a part of your program, a part of what you teach as a coach, a part well, of what I, you do on your lifetime? Yeah, what I what I've been doing now is is trying. I mean, I've been, you know, writing books about awareness, conscious parent being being aware, um, writing an, an, another project about what really matters in our lives, um, and writing a, a weekly blog that goes out there. And I, what I find myself doing, especially in the weekly blog, is basically finding out myself what I was should have been aware of but at least putting it out there now uh, so other people might, it might ring a bell and be of some import to those people. Interesting was I started writing op-ed articles for the newspaper decades ago. I would write them and I would, first off, I would let my wife read them. And then she said, ooh, I don't know about this one. She said, and I said, well, what do you mean? She said, ooh, that sounds a little preachy. I said, well, I don't think you know who I'm preaching to. She said, what do you mean? This is, I'm preaching to myself. And so now in retrospect, mm. your word of the day, what I'm trying to make out that I'm more aware of what's, what's going on and what I need to be doing and these action steps for me. And that enhanced awareness uh, has made me, I'd like to think has made me a better person. I'll be honest, sometimes one step, you know, it's two steps back, one, two steps forward, one step back, but that's the way of life. So if I... I love in my current life in terms of the blog and some of my the books that I have out there to try to give people an enhanced awareness 
of what's going on and how they can make a difference in terms of improving the lives of their children, themselves, and their community. I love that. I'm part of a, a group as well. I have a, a portion of the one of the classes that I, I teach is about parenting, and we talk about who are those little people in your house, right? We, I know that for me, I was so busy trying to be a good mom when my kids were small, right, bows in place, backpacks, dentist appointments, science project, all the things, that I missed a lot of the wonder in their, in their, their awareness, right? I missed a lot of that, I think. Right. So I, and I think that's the gift of grandparents. We get to wonder, right? I, I'm not responsible for the science project this time. I get to wonder. We get to ahead. say silly, silly things that the parents just roll their eyes over that we know make a difference in the lives of the of the grandchildren. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I try to talk to my talk to my kids. You know, as they're raising their little ones, I go, "Don't ever be too busy to see the wonder in their heart." Right, right now they are sponges, and they want to know, they want to touch it, see it, feel it, smell it, taste it. Right? They want to know how you feel. They're going to watch the role of men and women, all those things by what they see more than what they hear. Okay? So take a minute. Right. Take a minute and be aware of them well. Be aware of who they are. So as because they got their own story to write. Right? I'll give you for a little while a child of mine, he said. Right? And right. you were gifted with a spirit to to raise to be this amazing thing. Be aware of who they are. I was surprised as a parent, maybe and maybe, I don't know, I'm going to say as a parent, I was very surprised when the whole pandemic thing struck and children were at home with their parents, a lot of them probably for the first time since they went to kindergarten. I was surprised at how many parents had absolutely no idea who those little people were in their house. Yeah. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. So. Uh, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a business assessment called the DISC assessment, right? It tells you personality test so you can go get a great job. But well, dumbed it down to the John Maxwell team, and they have this, this little paper that you and your kid fill out at the same time, and, you, and, it, and it's not really like a choose this or that, but it really kind of helps you understand how well you know this person and where your parenting skills lie and where your strengths are and where their strengths are. And it's so enlightening to walk a family through that that paperwork and sit in and they go, really? So that's why he's fascinated by that. Yeah. So enlightening. And so I have such a great appreciation for what you do with, with encouragement and with the work you do with families. I love it. Okay. So how do you teach awareness to children? How do you take that population that's coming up, right, and all they want is information? How do you show them awareness? Oh, good question. The um, at, 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 at several excuse me at several levels, I think you obviously you point out uh, the obvious things around uh, being aware of things that they that might be so narrowly focused on something. Uh, look look here, and what does that mean to you? And they go, oh, that's just a paper towel holder. But what is what is what is beyond paper towels? I mean, you, there's so many different things that you can make things enlightening for for children, uh, especially in, in my work as a pediatrician when I was seeing folks. I can go above and beyond the easy stuff uh, and 
look toward how I can make them so excited about other things and look and look into their lives. Uh, one of my important things when I was seeing families and seeing children is what what interests them, what's exciting for them, and then exploring that further, um, making them aware that I care. Uh, and so, you know, exhibiting an uh, sense of enthusiasm people and what they do, I think helps you model uh, being aware and caring for those folks. So that was sort of a roundabout answer, but I sort of liked it. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty great answer myself. Yeah. <laughs> right, and uh, I think it's it's modeling, right? They're gonna they're gonna learn the value of awareness and seeing by watching you. Well, if, if you go, oh wow, you know, we can just we can go to the park and you can play and I can read a book, or we can sit and see all the things there. Right. So I think it's right. about in the I think it's about the environment that you open up. I think it's about you know, taking that five minute hike and finding all the things, right? Where's the bug? Where's the grass? Where's the sun? Where'd it come from? And so I think teaching them awareness is watching you be aware, watching you point it out, watching them show them how to notice, even how they feel. You know, I, I heard a lady the other day say, when you have a kid that's really upset, you can deal with two things. You can deal with the behavior or you can deal with the emotion behind it. So, you're always going to fight the, the behavior, but the emotion go there first. Why are they upset? Right? And so I think, again, taking that moment to sit down with the kid and go, okay, so evidently that made you mad. How come? Right? Because mad's always the second thing we are. We're mad because we're mad because we're hurt or scared or frustrated, right? And it's easier right. to be mad. I'd rather be mad than be sad. Right. I'd rather be mad than have my heart broke. And so mad is a reactionary behavior. Get past that part. What's underneath that? How come you're mad? Yeah, I think it's a, that's, I think that's an important point. But it, like you said, you want to keep them. You want to keep them together, because uh, I think you want to acknowledge. I mean, if they were if they were hurt, if they were sad, or if they were mad, that's a real feeling. Uh, and at the same time, or the origins of that in terms of their emotions, but we don't want to dismiss their real feelings. Because then they feel like, well, they really don't care. They're really not aware of what I am as a person and how I actually feel. Exactly. And you have to own it because we all get mad, right? It mad, but it, what matters is what you do with mad. Correct. Because we all get mad, right? So teaching that, that positive, that awareness to take that mad and do something positive with it, right? Go back and own the why. So many things, right. but the emotions are very real. Yep. Yeah, they are. Well, I know, Robert, I could keep having this conversation all day long. What a joy it has been. But with respect to our audience and with you as our guest, we are going to find a place to wind down. Um, I would love our audience to always remember that we're brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up. If we can serve you in some way, if you want a banner word with us or you just need to visit, please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. Robert, what a joy it has been to have this conversation with you. Well, thank you. I've really yep. enjoyed it, too. And, and enjoyed the challenge of trying to think through uh, and, again, try to put a lifetime experience in something that's, that's tangible and hopefully helpful to others. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your wisdom and your insight. I'm going to tell you, enjoy the rest of your day. 
Um, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you again for joining us, and I would love to give you the stage and let you close our show. Give me the last 90 seconds. How would you like to leave our audience today with awareness? Well, I think one of the things as parents we should be aware of is the most important goal of parenting, I think, is to raising our children to be good citizens, to take care of others, to care for others, to be empathetic toward others. And that that is what will lead to happiness. And a major component of being understanding and passing on uh, that is forgiveness. We need to understand forgiving ourselves, forgiving others, and that's the way we can be good citizens and take care of each other. And I think that's what we've lost track of in our society, and we need to work so hard going forward. So be be good citizens and practice awareness.